What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outfielder Podcast, episode 14, brought to you by Sensibly Loud Media. I am your host, Justin, a.k.a. J-Mac, a.k.a. Founder Numero Uno, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Popfly himself, Founder Numero Dos, Ben, the Saltine Baseball. Ben, <laughs> what's going on, man? Oh, the Saltine. That is a well thought out. Is that because I'm so salty all the time? Uh, th- that wasn't the way I was headed with it, but I mean, I'm is definitely that, on board with that. Is that because I go well with soup? <laughs> is that because when you're feeling under the weather, that's all you're able to keep down? A healthy dose of nasally voice, Ben? Found are, a you really gonna make, are you really going to make me lay out on you in the first, like, minute of this podcast and we've recorded 54 seconds and Justin's <laughs> already speechless with my dumb jokes how's it going my friend everything is good man been watching a ton of baseball how about you uh i have been doing very well you know what i have enjoyed what's that i have really enjoyed your weekly baseball roundups on sensiblyloud.com uh this is not a planned advertisement by the way audience uh this is an actual thing where going into sunday morning justin's been posting a uh like a baseball weekend roundup, and it's been really cool to kind of get to know what's on his mind um, without me having to send him an annoying text message. Man, I'll tell you. So this past weekend, I was writing it, and uh, so Sunday morning, and I woke up a little bit later because I just wanted to sleep in a little bit on a Sunday because, lazy, you know, heaven forbid. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, I wanted to sleep in a little bit, so woke up probably around 9, got some coffee, and, you know, Flipped on the MLB network just to kind of get a little bit of feel for what's going on or, you know, what what uh, happened in the games that I missed the day before and, you know, all that kind of thing. And pulled out my computer and st- or my iPad and started to write it and wrote almost the entire thing. So each week I go through and talk about three kind of must-see TV games. And I typically do like an afternoon game, like a mid-afternoon game, and then like, a, like whatever's on Sunday Night Baseball because it's usually a really good lineup. And – or typically anyway – and so I write this whole thing. I get to the very last one. And, you know, this involves me doing a lot of statistical research and looking up, you know, what's going on and what teams are doing as far as, uh, you know, the numbers go because I want to include enough for our audience, you know, to have some good quality. And so I wrote this whole thing and I accident I hit like the back button. Like I was deleting something and I was deleting a little bit more than like a whole sentence. And it, the whole thing backed out and I it completely lost all my work. Oh, no. Dude, Dude that's I was so pissed. I'll bet. Everything in, in me did not want to rewrite that article. But I did for well, the for the outfielder crew. There are two the key squad. differences. Um I would never ever try to type anything long winded on my iPad. I feel like best case scenario, you're having to do like the old person keyboard pecking like a vulture. <laughs> Like okay, well, if, to, if I had to, to try pause to type you, though, I, I have a, a Bluetooth keyboard that hooks up to it. Oh, uh, okay. Because so. I was going to say, if I had to type something on a handheld device, I think I'd go for phone where I could at least get both yeah. thumbs working. Uh, but <laughs> even that would be like a kick in the face. Speaking of kick in the face, I'm very jealous of you because you slept until nine. I love my kids. They're absolutely incredible. But they have this really sweet thing where on weekends they get up at about 5.10. So... <laughs> I don't know the last time I slept till nine was probably I think my wife graciously let me sleep till eight like on my birthday or something ridiculous. <laughs> so, 
Yeah, it's okay. yeah. I mean, that's a very, very rare thing for me. Honestly, I'm usually up by like six thirty or seven. But yeah, pretty rare. I absolutely love it. So well, awesome, Ben. I've got some excellent news, man. What? This is another week of double dose of the outfielder. Well, what? it's like a dose and a half, but still, double dose, right? Yeah, man. That's um, it's like a not quite a bogo or a buy one get one free. We'll say a buy one get one half off, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like that. Uh, so we got a fastball edition coming at you guys later in the week. We have the great Sambino on to talk a little bit about the state of the Rangers. I was uh, wanting to talk about the Rangers with, with someone other than Ben, so dude. that's why uh, Sam jumped in. So not to lay out on you, but would that make it a Bogoho? Buy one, get one half off. Bogoho? Is that a thing? Wasted content. <laughs> Absolutely wasted content. <laughs> You might have to edit all that out later. <laughs> By the way, when Justin says wasted content, he means my content is so bad it makes him want to get wasted to forget that this didn't happen. That belongs in episode 12, my friend. <laughs> no, so here's the thing. Um, <laughs> no, Justin's absolutely right. We got the great Sam Bino on rocking some uh, Rangers hot sports opinions that should come out uh, mid to late this week. So uh, if y'all don't want to hear my nasally voice, uh, talking about what's going on in Arlington, uh, y'all are in for a real treat. Boy, you've really been bagging on your uh, your voice lately, it seems like. You know, some people talk out of their mouths. Not me. No, sir. <laughs> Just own it, man. You're a host on a, a major ba- baseball podcast That's now. right. Uh, excuse yeah. me. The most major baseball podcast. hey I love it. Because we talk <laughs> about the Bagohos. <laughs> That's enough. Well, Ben, who is sponsoring the pod today? All right, here we go. Tried to keep it a little topical with today's ad read. Tired of getting left out of the Korean War? Become a Marine aviator. Stop laughing. When you lose it, I can't handle this. <laughs> you can start over. I'm sorry. Right. I wasn't expecting that. All right. Let me collect myself. Three, two, one. Tired of getting left out of the Korean War? Become a Marine aviator at Ted Williams Flight School, where you t- <laughs> where you can learn to bomb communists while still hitting more than 500 home runs and have a lifetime batting average of 344. Back to you, Justin. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh man, you outdid yourself. That's that's strong. <laughs> it also uh, it's very topical considering I'm wearing my Red Sox hat, right? I was going to say it's topical because the <laughs> North and South Korea met last week for the first time, but no, I, I did it because you're wearing the Red Sox hat you wear every time Williams we record. Pal. Yep, it's Ted Williams, pal. He's my hero. Did you know that? That like, so he was, he joined the army or he joined the Marines, the Naval Reserves in World War II and became a Marine aviator, but like didn't do anything. He played charity baseball. Yeah. And I guess after World War II, the Marines like decommissioned all their officers. So when the Korean War started up, they had to get all of their reservists were activated before they could train new officers. So they got freaking Ted Williams off the diamond. Yep, they like, sure did. Two weeks after baseball season started. Mm-hmm. And uh, he legit flew something like 30 combat missions and his aircraft got all shot to hell and everything. It was a real thing. Yeah, glad to see he made he uh, recovered and popped up in one of our outfielder ads. Yeah, that's that's how you make it. Not when you hit 500 home runs and you're one no. of the greatest Red Sox of all time. No, it's got to be on this podcast or it's not official. 
Yeah, and he made it to where he's not only in an ad read, but he's in an ad read within the first 15 episodes. I feel like the longer this <laughs> podcast goes on, we're going to start trudging the barrel. <laughs> well, I love that he was on the cusp of not making the top 15. Oh, you're telling me I should have swapped him out for Catfish Hunter? You didn't like that, that one in week not, nine or whatever? That was a good one. <laughs> that was a real good one. <laughs> All right, well, let's quit fucking around and talk about what's going on in baseball. How about that? Oh, that's why we're here? Yeah, let's <laughs> yeah, do our everyone's favorite segment where we go around the diamond. Uh, we definitely need to like, get one of us on a loudspeaker, record it, and dub that in. Yeah, um, I'm going to hire someone at Rangers Ballpark and just have them do that. It probably wouldn't cost you much at this point. No, no. But, but hey, more for that later Check out later the fastball episode for that. Yeah, exactly. All right. All uh, right, well, let's talk about the standings. Let's start in the AL East. How about that? Yeah, uh, so I do want to start with props as we're talking about in the AL East. The very, very um, first team to hit 20 wins this year, and they did it before the month of May. Give it up for the Boston Red Sox. Goddamn straight. And guess what? As we're recording this, they're about to go number 21. Stop it. <laughs> All right, that's all I'm going to homer about them today. That's I just I, they're the first 20 win team in baseball. I had to. No, you're um, right. All right, so the Boston Red Sox 20 and seven, the Yankees 18 and nine, who are on a nine game win streak. So good for them. Nine and one in their last ten. Toronto's at 15 and 12. Uh, Tampa Bay at 12 and 14. They just uh, lost their first game after winning like eight. Uh, and then Baltimore at eight and twenty. Ben, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I definitely am absolutely thrilled to see the Yankees start to become the team that we thought they were going to be when the season began. Totally, um, I told you they would. Yeah, no, it, it's one of those things where because it's a hundred sixty-two game seasons, it makes perfect sense. Now they're only two games back of Boston. Uh, this is going to be an exciting division well into the year. Like there are other divisions. Um, Justin had a good blog about the NL East being the division to watch right now. But realistically, um, you know, before the season began, the AL preview episode, you and I were talking about, hey, Boston-New York's going to be a hell of a rivalry this year. And I think we're starting to get uh, starting to get to that place. Uh, yeah. Above that, Toronto. I was a little higher on Toronto until they just lost a series to Texas over the, over the weekend. Yeah. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10. Yeah, so it's one of those things where... Toronto, I think you're, you're going to see them in bursts throughout the year. Tampa hovering just below 500. Um, they're kind of outperforming where I thought. I wouldn't call them cellar dwellers yet. Uh, and then, of course, there's the former St. Louis Browns, the Baltimore Orioles at 8-20. and 20, Only 12 and a half games back of Boston <laughs> before May begins. So 12 got, and a got half Got a hell back. of a hot start there. Tampa <laughs> Bay is sort of like the, uh, the Oakland A's of the AL East. They've got a really good offense. Their pitching is not terrible. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not awful. I mean, they just took two or three from Boston this past weekend. So, um, that the one thing about the the one thing about the Red Sox that, ha that has had them struggling is that Pedroia has still been out, um, and so they've had Eduardo Nunez and Brock Holt kind of filling in at second base, and that's got that makes their infield really weak. And then when Bogarts went out, it was kind of the same thing. Yeah, so um, two points to that. One, another similarity between Tampa and Oakland is they're actually both located on bays. Thank you. Uh, wow. And then two, um, 
Yeah, I really think that... I don't know. When, when we talked about um, should teams tank or the art of tanking and stuff, Tampa was one of those teams where they were kind of on the fringe of that list where they're a team where if by late July they're still you know kind of in the hunt, I could see them not be. necessarily going to a um, to a seller's market. What do you think? They will. They're going to have to. They're not good enough. No, Their I, pitching isn't good enough. They're, uh, Tampa Bay is the same old Tampa Bay that they always are. Yeah. So that's not going to change much. It Ooh. just so happens to be that the that Baltimore's worse than them. Yeah. Um, well, let's go slightly further west and let's. see what's going on in the AL Central, Justin. Absolutely. So Cleveland at 14 and 12, they're 5 and 5 in their last 10. Uh Detroit at 11 and 15. Uh Minnesota at 9 and 14, the White Sox 8 and 18, and Kansas City at 7 and 20. Boy, that Kansas City team is terrible. Yeah, I think, I don't know, like, this whole division, I'm not super impressed by. It's kind of meh. And I guess where, you know, they only have one team over 500, and they're just barely over 500 with Cleveland at 14 and 12. I don't know what is going on with uh, with Cleveland. I mean, it's not that Kluber's not throwing well. I just think overall the team... Just is still trying to find its, its lockstep. I'm expecting them to definitely by the time end of May rolls around to really start to have this figured out. But I think in the meantime, you know, I don't know. It's just they're only three and a half games above the Twins. The freaking Twins. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I think it's obviously going to be easy for Cleveland to win this division. Um, but I don't. I don't know. I can't really put my finger on it quite yet on what I feel about Cleveland, but it's not positive. Well, that's so. the thing. Cleveland right now, if they were in the East, fourth place. If they were in the West, fourth place. Yep. They're just kind of milling about. They're only 6-6 six and six on the road, 8-6 and six at home. So, I mean, it's not great. And, I mean, these this Detroit team, not, not a great team. We talked about this. They're fun to watch, but they're not that great. I mean, the White Sox are 8-18. Eight and 18. That's... Terrible. I mean, that whole division is just awful. So if they don't run away with this division early, they should be ashamed of themselves and they're not considered a contender. No, you are, are definitely not wrong whatsoever. Well, is it time to go west, young man? Let's. Let's. So we have Houston at 19 and 10. They are, they've won seven of three of their last 10. Seattle at 16 and 11. That's a little bit surprising. Seven of three of their last 10. Uh, the Angels at 16 and 12, three of seven in their last 10. The Oakland A's at 14 and 14, right at 500. They are six and four in their last 10. Bottomed out by the Rangers at 11 and 18. Bottom. They are four and six of their last 10. Yeah, so a couple things stand out in this division. Um, I'm surprised to see Seattle overtake the Angels. They haven't really, they just have one less loss. Yeah, I mean, at the time of this recording, uh, Houston has the best run differential in the entire American League at a plus of 66, which is freaking incredible. The next closest in the Major Leagues is Boston at 59. Um, but one thing that I'm really impressed by is the Angels on the road. So the Angels on the road have the best record in baseball. They're 11-2 and when they're not playing in Los Angeles. Which also means something. because they're sixteen and twelve, they're only five and ten at home. 
that's only yeah. slightly better than the Rangers at home, who are four and twelve. So yeah. I mean, it's just it's really interesting to see. You know, as the season shakes out, I expect it to level. But after one month of baseball, I wasn't expecting anyone to be that good on the road. No, I can agree with you there. I am starting to kind of form the opinion that the Angels feel like a sideshow to me. Okay. I don't... There's something about... I watched them on Sunday Night Baseball last night versus the Yankees. And the Yankees won 2-1, to one, so it's not like they blew them out or anything. But And, and uh, Tyler Skaggs pitched really well. Um, I was really impressed. He was he was cruising through like six innings. Um May have been five, I don't recall exactly. But nonetheless, um, I aside from that, something just doesn't feel right about that team. I don't know what it is. Well, but that's what it seems sideshowish. So would you say they're more like sideshow Mel or sideshow Bob? Mel, Bob is the fucking king. <laughs> well, that's that's the thing, because for as sideshowy as Los Angeles feels, they're still the best team in Southern California. Yeah, which well. is ridiculous. And we'll we'll talk more about that later. Um, you know, fun fact about the Rangers over the weekend, Bartolo Colon, big sexy, got his, he got a win this year, and that makes, he has now won ball games with 11 different teams. The joke Damn I heard on the he radio is in July when they trade him, he'll win a game with his 12th team. <laughs> God, I can't wait to see who would trade for him. <laughs> Mets. <laughs> well, he's already won with the Mets. Anyway, that's not. I would love to get Jimmy Midtown's thoughts on that, but he's boycotting the podcast. Yes. By the way, that is a wonderful stat. After Jimmy Midtown, and I don't know if it actually played out like this, but in my mind, he left City Field, got on a subway, went to his apartment, put on his headset, and recorded this fine podcast. And since then, the Mets have gone <laughs> like, let's see, what are they in the last ten? They are. They're, they're uh, five and five. With their last. Year. Okay. Since since he last recorded, they're five and five. So as a result, our boy, uh, all business Jimmy, strictly business Jimmy, Jimmy Midtown, Midtown Jimmy, Fifty uh, Ninth Street Bridge Jimmy is <laughs> avoiding <laughs> this podcast like the plague. Sam informed us or informed me earlier that we called him Uptown Jimmy at one point. That doesn't sound familiar, but. He said that we need to decide on where he's going to be from in New York. <laughs> well, I think technically his address is in Hell's Kitchen, but Hell's Kitchen Jimmy just doesn't have the right ring to it. Yeah. Or maybe true. maybe it has the right ring to it, but not for a baseball podcast. Maybe not. Maybe not. Anyway. I like so Jimmy Midtown. Anyway. That's uh, our so um, American... That's a nice segue. League. Yeah, no. <laughs> the, speaking of the New York Mets, let's kick things over to the National League. Right, so we'll talk about the NL East. Uh, if you haven't checked out my blog that I wrote about this, it's it's interesting. It, it goes through a lot of, of things in this division. It caps off with a nice shout-out to Derek fucking Jeter. Um, so the Mets, 17-9, 5-5 in their last 10. The Braves, 16-11. They're 6-4 in their last 10. Phillies, same record, 16-11. Uh, I think I said 6-11 before. 16-11, uh, 6-4, their last 10. The Nationals are 12 and 16, 3 and 7 in their last 10, and Miami's a bunch of hot garbage. 9 and 18. Yeah, so I think that. I don't know. If you'd have told me a month ago that the Nationals were going to be the fourth place in the East after a month of baseball, I would have 
I would have maybe said they were going to be second or third. I would not have put them in fourth. Ben, there's a chance that team may stink. I know. Like, that's what... I don't know if they're just not firing on all cylinders or what, but I was not expecting the freaking Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I... So I think there are two sides to that. I think that the Phillies have been playing better than they're constructed to play up to this point. And I would venture to say that they're going to cool off. There are going to be some signs. And I don't want to go too far into this because I could talk for a while on this uh, after doing a pretty big, deep dive of number searches yesterday. But there are some signs. There are definitely some signs that they could crack at any point. And I, I anticipate they will. So what do you? Think but I certainly happened? didn't expect Atlanta to be ahead of them. Yeah, that was going to be my, my very next question. Is what do you think is going on with Atlanta? Uh, so I think so. They finally got Acuna Jr. up. That dude. If you're not watching him, you need to be. That guy is, I would say, probably my favorite prospect right now in baseball. Okay. Uh, that dude's real good. Dansby Swanson's finally producing. Uh, you know, they still got Fr- uh, Freddie Freeman there. Uh, you know, pitching's doing okay. Julio Tyron uh, is hurt right now, but he'll be back soon. Uh, Brandon McCarthy pitched well yesterday. Uh, the Mets are uh, the Mets. I was looking at the Mets and talking about the Braves. The uh, the Braves are definitely going to be. They're going to cool off. I think at some point. I really do. But they're definitely. I think we talked about it last week. Definitely a little bit more ahead of schedule than we anticipated them to be. But I still think they're probably a year or two away. So in that case. I mean, yeah, we were definitely talking about them in our tanking episode, how they were in the process of rebuilding. I think if I'm the Braves, I would be most worried about what can you be doing or what moves could we be making um, to try and snag a wild card spot. At least make the postseason where anything can happen. And which yeah. means if I'm the Braves, I'm less worried about trying to trying to chase the Mets. You know, definitely don't let them put too much ground ahead, but I'm more concerned with who are the second-place teams in the rest of the divisions to see how you can go it. So I'd be watching uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, and they're not ready for that, though. They're well, yeah, no, I mean, this it's we're Unless recording they trade this for on April. <laughs> hey, uh, well, to be fair, he's already played there, so I don't think that they're going to go back to him. Here's the thing. Because wouldn't, he's played for 11 teams. Wouldn't it be really <laughs> funny if Bartolo, like, if he was part of their powerhouse rotation from, like, 92 and he's still picking it? Happened, it happened, like, two years ago. I know, but, with like. With the Mets. Oh, one of theirs, yeah. Yeah, for sure. If he was talking about, if he was one of the Braves, like, power, who were who are the power pitchers in the early 90s for the Braves? I don't even remember. Uh, Maddox and. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, those guys. For anyway, sure. not important. Uh, but, yeah. It's an interesting division, man. I'm excited to see how it keeps developing. Yeah, uh, another division that's a little more competitive than I was thinking it was going to be. Justin, what's going on in the Central? The Central is fascinating to watch. Pittsburgh is leading the division at 17 and 11, five and five in their last ten. The Cubs are 15 and 10, eight and two of their last ten. The Redbirds. 15 and 12, 5 and 5 of their last 10. Milwaukee, 16 and 13, 6 of 4 of their last 10. And then the lowly Red Legs, 7 and 21, 4 of 6 of their last 10. Yeah. Um, Tell me what's weird about that division when you look at those numbers. Well, so two different things are, are weird to me about that division. Number one, I gave props to Boston, so I also got to give props to Cincinnati. First team to 20 losses. <laughs> and they did it. Um, uh, they actually did fair. it well before May started, so. Yeesh. Good for them. 
uh, tough, tough time to be in, in, well, the state of Ohio, but especially Cincinnati. No, I think that what's most interesting about that division is you have four teams um, with comfortable winning records at this point in the season, but mm-hmm. what's nuts is, with the exception of the Cubs, the Pirates, the Cardinals, and the Brewers are all playing about even baseball. Their records are almost identical. They're almost 500 in their last 10. It's only in the last 10 games that the Cubs have really differentiated themselves by going 8-2. and two. Aside from that sort of statistical anomaly, you have a lot of similar baseball happening. It's really crazy to me that Milwaukee is in fourth place, but they have more wins than the two teams that are tied for second place. Yeah. It's just the disparity of the weather and everything that they just have less losses, or they have more losses, I should say. Yeah, and you know, it's that, it's that win percentage is, uh, is what's kind of making it, you know, and what's funny, though, about the Brewers is they'd be fourth place in the... Um, in the East as well, because they're they're less than the Mets, Braves, and Phillies. Um, now, if they were in the West, it'd be a different story. But we'll talk about the West here momentarily. Yeah, I think I don't know that the Central is going to remain this competitive for the month of May. I think by June, uh, the Cubs will continue to to push themselves forward and to differentiate themselves. I'm just anxious to see where that kind of upper middle of the pack in that division kind of shakes out. Do the Pirates have staying power? Are the Cardinals just an anomaly? You made the Brewers one of your hot picks at the beginning of the season. I stand Um, by it. You know, so I just think it's going to be interesting to see. Did you happen to see, so we've been told we don't give enough love to the Pirates on this podcast, so I'm going to, I'm going to shout out here real quick. Did you happen to see Nick Kingham's first start, Uh, major league start the other day? I heard a little about it, but but tell our listening public as well as Jeff from Columbus, Ohio, what happened. <laughs> yeah, man. So he was called up to make a start. So first of all, I want to tell you, this dude has an 85-mile-an-hour splitter. Oh, my God. You should see this pitch. I thought torture was banned in America. Guess how many how long he's been throwing that pitch for. So part of me wants to say that he's been growing up on it for the last six years, but because you're asking me this question, it's probably like four weeks. Exactly, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, he learned it a month ago. That's ridiculous. He had nine strikes. So in his major league debut, he struck out nine and allowed one base runner through seven innings. Oh, my God. That is wild. That is wild. I mean, good for him. Man, I was watching that game, too, and I was absolutely stoked. Uh, that that was it was headed that direction. Who were they playing? They were playing. Hold on one second. My computer's freaking out on me. I'm sorry. I can pull it up and see. So definitely, I I wish I had the stats in front of me for when the last time someone's. Oh, they're playing the Cardinals. Excuse me. Okay, so another decent team. It's not like they were just beating up on the Reds or the Rangers or something. Yeah. Um, no, I'd be interested to see kind of whose major league start like starts were the best. You know, I'm sure yeah. there's a list somewhere out there. Um, notably Darvish when he showed up in what was it, 11 or 12, and he almost no noed the Astros in his first. <laughs> <laughs> to know. be fair, the Astros were really terrible at, terrible at that point. Uh, you can underline the word really at that juncture uh, or add some more superlatives to it. Fair, fair. Um, 
Yeah, we'll we'll have to save that that topic for a rainy day because that'd be that'd be a fun one to do. Yeah, absolutely. We'll save that so for the summer. Let's talk, talk about, about the West. The, yeah, perfect. What's going All on right. out west? Okay, so one team we're gonna save because we're gonna talk about it a little bit more in depth in a second. But the card, I'm sorry, the Arizona oh, Arizona Cardinals. I got caught up watching uh, <laughs> uh, a bunch of NFL draft analysis crap, like like post draft stuff and like redraft <laughs> things and whatnot, and. Just got hooked on the the Cardinals situation. Uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks they play baseball in Arizona. Uh, oh. Nineteen and eight, seven to three of their last ten. This team's a powerhouse. Uh, Colorado's fifteen and fourteen, uh, four and six of their last ten. The San Francisco Giants fourteen and fourteen. They're seven and three of their last ten, including two that they or three that they swipe from the Dodgers. The Dodgers are twelve and fifteen. Uh, four and six of their last ten, and the lowly Padres ten and nineteen. Three is seven of their last ten. Yeah, I really impressed by Arizona. Um, you know, we talked a lot about what's going to differentiate Arizona from Colorado, and I'd have to go back and check our National League picks to see exactly where we landed on that. But they're definitely starting to put some some room in there. Uh, with currently, and it's early; it's only the end of April, but they have a five uh, five game lead on the second-place team, in this case, Colorado. I'm kind of excited about the Giants, said no one ever. But no, I'm actually kind of excited about the Giants because I was expecting them to be worse than a 500 baseball team. So after a month of play, the fact that they're still kind of in there, you know, they're half a game back of the second-place Rockies, that's decent shape to be in. And I think... If you're on the western side of the Bay Area, uh, you'd be pretty happy with that start. Yeah. Uh, what else can you say about San Diego? I think 10 and 19, they're probably the third worst team in baseball right now. Meh. You know, that's that's kind of where we're at. Yeah. So, Arizona is not being talked about enough, as usual. Um, they're one of my favorite NL teams. I love Arizona, really? man. Yeah, it's just they're, they've got so much grit, and oh, not sure. because of all the sand. I'm so happy you said that because I was about <laughs> to. Thank you so much. I couldn't let you fall on a sort of another bad joke in this pod because it's uh, it's you don't brutal. think you don't think that the western states have enough true grit? <laughs> God Sorry. Almighty! I was trying to place my finger on the name of that movie the other day, and all I could sputter out was uh, what's his name, uh, uh Jeff Bridges. That's all I could. No, Bridges. I yeah. always get Daniels and Bridges confused. Oh, that was uh, that was Bridges. Um, okay, good. And also, for, just for what it's worth, while we're talking about it, that was a remake of the John Wayne movie. Right. But there was also a sequel to it, named after the character, and it was just Rooster Cogburn. <laughs> Fuck yeah! <laughs> what if they were called the Arizona Cogburns? That's Rooster Cogburn is a great uh, baseball name. <laughs> I think it's a great name overall. Like, I mean, well, yeah, true. you could, yeah, the, that would be like an old timey 1900s baseball name. Uh, like Cap Anson. What's What's <laughs> interesting is, like you said, Arizona doesn't get enough love. Hell, they've won more World Series than the Rangers. They've only been once, but they're one and they've one been. in their World yep. Series, beating the Yankees in 01. So true, true story. Uh, Colorado, I still don't. I can't really get a read on that team yet. Something feels different than last year, though. I'm not sure Better what it is. Better or worse? Uh, not as good. Not not as good, but I mean, they're not bad. 
That sounds like you're talking about Thanksgiving leftovers, where it's not good, (laughs) but it's not bad. My wife refuses to eat most leftovers. Just any leftovers or only Thanksgiving leftovers? Uh, I think she's a little bit better about Thanksgiving leftovers, but probably not by a lot. Um, So that's why she didn't like breakfast lasagna? (laughs) I'm all about breakfast lasagna. We'll have to talk about some weird eating habits at some point, because that's uh, I think that's maybe an all-star break episode, but... Uh, I'll get the hell down on some breakfast lasagna. We'll just talk about it. Um, the Dodgers might stink. We'll talk about that in a minute. And San Diego doesn't surprise me. I don't know what to think of San Francisco. Greg Holland pitches there, so that strikes one in two. Really? You went with strikes while talking about a pitcher? Yep. Well done, my, my young Padawan. I'm older than you. <laughs> Stop that. <laughs> All right, well, that concludes our uh, weekly segment of Around the Diamond, so hopefully y'all are now caught up, Uh, but guess what? There's plenty of baseball going on as we round into May, so a lot of good stuff on there. Now we're going to kick things over to our main segment and really kind of deep dive into what the hell is going on in Los Angeles. Is this for the Angels or is this for the Dodgers? This would be for the former Brooklyn Dodgers. Because, <laughs> I mean, uh, they're 5-10 and 10 at home, the Angels are. So, the, the, the question could go both sides, you know? That is true. Both teams have a losing record at home. With the Dodgers well, we are going to talk about the Dodgers. It's been a really interesting start. Uh, I don't think anybody predicted them to be where they are. But... Okay, so I don't want to – I'll own what my my NL predictions were, okay? I'm going to start off by saying that on the outfielder record. There Post is no up. record. Or, etch it in. Yes, it is. You have the stone. You etch it in every time. My um, hand is tired, Justin. Why are you well, making me etch this? I could just type it. Anyway. Stop um, playing it. No, so – but Justin's right. When it comes to uh, the record, I may or may not have picked – the Los Angeles Dodgers to win the World Series. So I'm I was anxious to see kind of how this all plays out. <laughs> I'm not going to walk it Your looking back. good, pal. <laughs> they um, can't all be winners, Justin. That's right. Um, so the Diamondbacks. So the Diamondbacks have been killing that division so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, the how many games off the? Let's see. So, right now, currently, after we just went around the diamond, we're going to touch back. The Dodgers right now are seven games off the lead of Arizona. And that's not a great start to the season. But I'll tell you one thing, man. Frustration is already starting to boil in that clubhouse. Well, it doesn't help that... Well, by the way, the Dodgers and Diamondbacks are actually playing tonight. But, no, you're right. When you're the big club in a multi-club market, um, Cubs, well, now the Cubs. I mean, the White Sox were the big club there for a bit. But you have the Cubs, you have the Dodgers, you have the Yankees. The other team, you know, when stuff starts to go south, you have a huge-ass microscope on you. So I think that... We'll talk about some potential excuses for what's going on in Los Angeles here shortly, but I mean, overall, the media out there is just brutal, and rightfully so. I don't think anyone had them starting at 12 and 15. Agreed. I was saying earlier, 
and I wanted to go on the record by saying that I I don't ba- I'm not backing away from my predictions. Uh, I could have been wrong, but I, I'll own that. The more I've thought about it, the more I could really understand why this team is set up to fail like it has so far. Well, it, because we... well, and we're going to talk about it in a second. The injury bug has bitten this team in the worst places. Oh, absolutely. Uh, plus, and I know it's not a real thing, but in baseball, so much of it is just about perception and tradition. Yes. And we've talked about the World Series hangover before, even for teams that lose. You yeah. almost never have teams, you know, and in the last five years, has anyone repeated? No. Has anyone gone back-to-back? Barely. I think the Rangers were the last team to go to two World Series in a row. Yep. And how'd that so. work out for them? No. Exactly. So, Justin, you hit the nail right on the head for what's initially plaguing and at the surface where a lot of people are pointing to. Uh, so I'm going to just knock down a couple different things here. Um, before this weekend started, Justin Turner, he's been out with his broken wrist. Uh, he's almost back to his rehab start. Logan Forsythe. Injured shoulder, he should start uh, his throwing assignment this coming Friday. Rich Hill with the um, yeah blistered finger, 10-day disabled list. Tom Kohler, shoulder injury, maybe looking to be back May 26th. And then before this weekend even started, uh, Julio Urias uh, with a shoulder injury out for an unknown amount of time. Already, that's five starters that you were kind of banking on and then at the beginning of this week, at the beginning week, at the beginning of this week, you lose Puig uh, with a hip injury. He's at least on the ten-day disabled list. That being said, he wasn't hitting too terribly well this year, but you still have a defensive, um, a key defense player. And then, yeah. just when things weren't looking badly enough, you lose your freaking ace, Corey Seager. As of this morning, Tommy John surgery going to be out for the rest of the season. Justin, what do you think? That's that's just gut wrenching. But like the thing, I I I don't think that we or I, I I I'll say this. I know I didn't read far enough into the lack of depth that this team has. They let Darvish walk out the door, and remember they traded for Darvish as another viable starter, and all of a sudden they've got two starters on the DL. And Urias is really could be a, a, another starter. Technically, he started a lot of games last year. Yeah. So the injury bug is is hitting this team hard, real hard. And I don't I, know how they're going to control it. Well, that's the thing is it's one of those things where once it starts, you know, it's really really easy to make some tweaks to avoid going into a a true downward spiral, but once that's started, it is so hard to, to steer yourself out of it. So I I know. Uh, you know, ask fucking Ted Williams in Korea. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that is what yeah. we like to call in the business a callback. By the way, for those of you who can't see me because this is a podcast, I was doing a sort of vaudevillian dance to match my shitty 1920s mustache. So, anyway, Vaudevillian not important. dance. Wow. Yep. All right. Thank you. Anyway. It's a real thing. Um, no, so, I just, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to 
just going to say that when you start losing starters like this, one month into the season, you're already out two, potentially three of them. Plus, you've traded away your bench for no real noticeable prospects. They let Darvish walk. It wasn't like they gained something. I don't think so, they thought they were going to re-sign him to begin with. No, I, and you know, there's something to be said about picking up, you know, essentially borrowing talent. And I mean, good for yeah, them. Yeah, it's, a, it's but a riddle. If it gets you a ring, great. If it great. doesn't, what do you do? That's the that, but yeah, but that's the risk you take. You've got to roll the dice. You've sure. got to. But the the real problem is though their lack of of adding in the off season of any viable starters, anything. I mean. We've talked about it many times, man. I've been watching Rich Hill for a real long time because he used to pitch in Boston back in the day. And there was a point where I thought that that Boston would trade back for him after letting him out the door. But, uh, you know, it didn't turn out that needing to be the case at the time. That was before they traded for Chris Sale. But nonetheless, I just didn't think – I don't think I understood the lack of depth. So I'll own that, like I said. But, man, uh, the other thing that's been – Interesting. Have you heard this story about Cody, Cody Bellinger in the, in the game yesterday? Uh, I've only heard something about it involving getting benched, but uh, tell okay. me more. Okay, wait. Actually, before we go to that story real quick, I want to I insert just a fun fact in there. Um, you know my feelings about, uh, about the Giants involving Smash Mouth? <laughs> we just covered this last episode. Why I know. Are ta- why are you talking uh, you're, about it? Okay. Stick with me here. All right, I'm with you. Justin okay. dislikes we all know. loves we all know. arguing with people on Twitter. Go on. Guess who? So on Saturday in this Dodgers-San Francisco series, they had to play a doubleheader. Okay. And in the first game, uh, L.A. beat them. The final score was 15-6. to six. Guess who pitched the ninth and pit for San Francisco position player and pitched a, a scoreless ninth. Guess who it was? McCutcheon. Pablo fucking Sandoval. <laughs> making 22 goddamn million dollars from the Red Sox. Up there fucking pitching. You, d- you didn't like him uh, getting getting outs for the Giants? He, he didn't break a belt, so I wasn't fucking amused. <laughs> what Tell does this have master. to do with Smash Mouth? I'm just saying they they defended him. That's how I got into it with Smash Mouth. Okay, in the first I'm with you. Okay, all right. Good. Anyway, uh, so Bellinger. So uh, after all that had happened, I just I had to tell you about that Pablo thing because I just you should have seen it. It was unbelievable. Um, on let's see, what game was this? This was on. I feel like I watched all of this series pretty much. It was Saturday, right? Uh, no, on Sunday. So they were down. Uh, so it was an eventual four to two loss. To the Giants. So the Giants won three out of four in that series. That should tell you what you need to know about the Dodgers, first of all. Yeah. Because that that San Francisco team, they stink. They're not good. Well, I mean, they're out of 500, but hell, they've been beating up on the Dodgers. I think when yeah, I Yeah, but the, the Dodgers blog, are fucking trash, so what does it matter? Well, that's what I'm saying is when I wrote the blog a few weeks back about Dodgers-Giants rivalry, I think they were pretty damn even i want to say they were yeah. seven and six maybe yeah. something and so like that they're right around that area been, you know 10 and seven giants over dodgers like no one was expecting that at the start of this year absolutely so the way that i know that things are starting to boil over in this clubhouse is uh so during that event that sunday game during the fifth inning 
Dave uh, Dave Roberts benched Cody Bellinger. Yikes! For lack of hustle. <laughs> and sucks. so I I caught this later on 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 uh, quick pitch, but man, he wouldn't. I mean, he, he benched him for lack of effort, but man, he did not look like he was trying that hard to get the second to leg out a, a double. He did not look like, uh, I don't know. It didn't seem like he was trying that hard. And, you know, Dave Roberts wants to send a message to this team saying, get your shit together. It, it, it's not the team's fault necessarily because of injury, but, I mean, he's trying to send a message to keep this cl- this locker room in order or this well, clubhouse in order. There are things you can control and there are things you can't control. And I like to think of... Is it a will issue or a skill issue? And injuries are going to impact skill issues because you're losing people in, you know, skilled positions. Um, Correct. But when someone's not hustling in a winnable game, you know, if it was 20 to 1, okay, that double's not going to make a hill of beans difference. But if you're playing a close ball game against a division rival who you're at the time only a game back from, at best maybe only half a game back from, I don't know exactly where they're at at that point, I mean, you gotta do your crap. I don't know how much Bellinger is making this year, but I mean, that's an insult to anyone making less than him. No doubt. I mean, he's uh, he's on his you know rookie deal or whatever. I mean, he's you know, but nonetheless, man, I, I think that Roberts is trying to send a message. Um, a lot of people have been bagging on that decision. Um. Uh, Let's look at those stats that one of our listeners sent us earlier today. Yeah, while you're pulling up those numbers, I mean, like it, hate it, it's just going to be interesting to see if the Dodgers are going to be able to um, to make the necessary changes. But no, one of our listeners, uh, Danny from Fort Worth, sent us some really good data that right. Justin's going to go ahead and walk us through. Um, okay. So thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny, for sure. So bear with me here because this is stat heavy, but it, it's really good. Um, if you look at the run expectancy table from the year 2010 to 2015, the average probability that a run will score sometime in an inning is .155 when no, with nobody on and one out. And it's a .614 with a runner on second and no outs and a .843 with a runner on third and no outs. So Bellinger was the first to bat in the fifth, so there were no outs. A very rudimentary expected value calculation of all those numbers that I just said divided by three gives you a .537% chance, which means that Bellinger was right for them because Cody Bellinger argued that they shouldn't have taken him out of the game at that point. But what I think Danny's saying here is that he was right. No. Um, well, I'll finish this real quick. However, the only certainty is the .614, which means uh, that they need to be weighted differently. Yeah, the the numbers all add. It, it gets a little wild there as far as numbers go. But, I mean, the, uh, what, what Danny's ultimately saying is technically the numbers probably did show that that wasn't the smartest managerial move. But sometimes... It's not necessarily about the game on the field that way. Well, and I think that, so two things. A lot, one, 
uh, we want to make sure we're citing our sources. Danny gave a lot of data from, I believe, tangotiger.net. So wherever that is, there's your plug. Congratulations. You now have been mentioned on a the best baseball podcast of all time. With that being said, it's interesting if you look back and just think about how the Dodgers have or have not embraced analytics. And I'm almost wondering if when you're really diving down into these figures, if that doesn't necessarily lend to maybe why, for example, Justin's best friend Gabe Kapler didn't work out because he was trying to do more of that analytical stuff in Los Angeles, you know, as his sort of proving ground before he got his next assignment. So it's interesting of all the teams that are or are not embracing analytics or sabermetrics or whatever, however you're going to slice it, the Dodgers are definitely on the side of not as embracing it. What do you think? So I wouldn't necessarily say that they're not embracing it. I would I would look at it more as you have so there's a very very delicate balance with sabermetrics and the way that they're using analytics in the game. And you really have to be careful how much you weigh on one side versus the other because there's still the human element. At the end of the day, these aren't chess pieces that you run around. These are humans with emotion and reactions. And whenever the clubhouse needs to be reined in and they need to pay attention and the manager's trying to send a message, which can oftentimes be somewhat of a last-ditch effort because you don't see these things happen for too long. It's a very old baseball adage to keep whatever's happening in the clubhouse. Sure. And you don't typically see these kinds of things display out in public and whenever you start to see that that's when the the concern should rise up and Dave Roberts was simply trying to send a message it's not necessarily about whether the numbers showed it or not he doesn't care about one loss at this point he should but at the same time if you want to try to win uh, rein that team back in that's what you you got to get their attention yeah and like I'm not saying Dave Roberts is awesome or terrible, but the numbers show he's his win percentage is uh, .602, so 60% of the games he's managed since 26, well, overall when he got the gig in 2016. The next highest Dodger manager winning percentage, you have to go back to 1953 yeah. to beat that with Chuck Dresden. So that's not to say that Roberts doesn't know what he's doing. Oh, he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. And you know what? He's got he's got people all around him that are telling him this information as well. He knows exactly what he's fucking doing. It's not about whether he knows what he's doing or not. He's trying to send a message. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Plain and simple. It, it, it's interesting, though. I love that he's won 60% of his games, but everybody's so quick to jump down his fucking throat. Yeah, no, it's... It's one of those things where, <laughs> what's the old stout where the old stat where you can say blank is like baseball stats. You can make the numbers say whatever you want. I would argue <laughs> in this case, baseball stats are like baseball stats. You can make <laughs> the numbers say whatever you want. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, it's it's been a real interesting start for the Dodgers. I, man, I, it almost has the feel, not quite this drastic, but it almost has the feel of that 2014 Rangers team that just started going down an injury and just couldn't stop. Sure. No. And, and that was nobody's fault that year with the Rangers. That was a – man, that was one of the craziest things in baseball I've ever seen. 
Well, you had a very similar situation where you had a team that was used to at least some level of success lose one of your aces at that time, Darvish or Tommy John, losing position players left and right. I mean, it's just losing it's just not- uh, Nacho Eaton, Prince Fielder. <laughs> no, I mean that was a big loss for them. I know, just the way you said it made it sound like you were (laughs) anti-nachos, and I want the record to show this podcast is a pro-nacho podcast. However, an anti-Prince Fielder podcast. Both of those statements are true. (laughs) No, I like Prince Prince Fielder better now than I used to. Prince, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show. Let us know. We'll make that happen. I, I really, really hated Prince Fielder when he played for Detroit for whatever reason, probably because Detroit was good and they were a, th- a threat to Boston at the time. Sure. But, uh, I, and like I said, I've, I've, I know I've reminisced on this before, but I laugh every time I see that belly slide back to third that he did in the ALDS in 2012. But, uh, or maybe it was 13, but yeah, it was 13. Texas, it was just Texas. I don't know why. It really just changed things for me. Yeah, where I think that he, um, no, I'm with you. He ended up going in and, um, practically face face planning in there yeah for sure for sure yep absolutely so uh that's that's kind of wrapping up our our dodgers talk here so uh thank you for putting up with our brief technical difficulties there why don't we go ahead and go to our rapid fire round what do you think justin absolutely let's do it all right first question for you justin how long can the pirates keep this up uh three more games (laughs) all right what's your question (laughs) Which team will hit 25 wins first, Houston or Boston? Boston, I hate you. What's your opinion of the song Center Field by John Fogarty? Medium. Medium? What Will the Tigers go over 500 at any point no, this stop. season? No, stop. Hold on. Go back. <laughs> What's a better baseball song? Sweet Caroline. That's not a baseball song. Just because they sing it at every shitty Red Sox game doesn't make it a baseball song. Hey, uh, take the Rangers record and reverse it, and you'd have the Red Sox record. No, you guys have, haven't lost 12 games like the Rangers <laughs> have only won 10. All right, what was your question? Will the Tigers go over 500 at any point in the season? No. They are basically baby okay. Tigers at this point. Final question. Who won right. the shellfish eating contest that we teased in our Homer at the Bat episode? Oh, that was in episode 12? Yeah. Uh, trick that question. Would be... No, trick question. No one wins a shellfish eating contest. That's incorrect. I bet you a uh, friend of the pod, Caitlin, would say otherwise. <laughs> She's just wolfing down oysters. <laughs> I guess awesome. that's better than oystering down wolves. No, we want to thank everyone for listening. Make sure if you like what you're hearing, check us out on social media. Once again, we are on Twitter at OutfielderPod. We are on Instagram at OutfielderPod. We are on Facebook at the Outfielder Podcast. And, of course, check us out. We are on the Google Play Store. We are on the iTunes Store. Wherever you like to hear your podcast, make sure to check us out there. If you're a SoundCloud type of person, guess what? You can find us there as well. And, as always, get all of your Outfielder and other podcast-related needs from SensiblyLoud.com. Absolutely. We want to thank everyone for tuning in for episode 14 of the Outfielder Podcast. We want to thank all of our fans, Sensibly Loud Media, our sponsors, and those with the sharp eye to keep the runners close. Until next week, keep control of the Outfielder. We'll see you then right here on the Outfielder Podcast. Looking back
Could no photographs of you and me Thinking of good times we had And how it used to be And I can't help but feel like life has been Born out of us my feet So what can I hold on to? And you pull me away every single day While you're screaming in my face You discriminate, yeah that's what I hate Yeah I feel it quite out of place It's my understanding of the world today That it's not getting better, it's not going away And I'm not feeling better, all I've been okay So can you bring it down a little Cause I can't understand what you're saying Just me